Do you know the difference between pain and suffering? Do you know which one you would choose? Welcome back to Savvy Psychologist. I'm your host, Dr. Jade Wu. Every week, I'll help you meet life's challenges with evidence-based research, a sympathetic ear, and zero judgment. Today, we figure out the difference between pain and suffering and talk about how, ironically, we can actually ease suffering by embracing pain. When I think about the most painful experiences in my life, whether they involved physical pain or emotional pain, I noticed something funny. The amount of hurt I felt at the time is not proportional to how much I shudder at the memory when I look back on it. Let me give you some examples. First of all, there's no way that any event caused more sheer body-racking pain than giving birth. After all, I labored for 20 hours. And by the way, I broke my tailbone while I was pushing. But even in the toughest moments of giving birth, I felt pride and excitement along with the physical pain. And I think the next most painful experience was breaking my ankle in the first month of college. But for the most part, that experience was pretty funny as I hobbled around on my crutches trying to carry all my books. On the other hand, that time it was really cold when I visited Minnesota and I really didn't want to be there. My feet were freezing. That was a drag. And it's no exaggeration to say that every time I get a mosquito bite in the hot summer of North Carolina, I rage and rail. Suffering galore. Judged by the level of pain alone, giving birth is a million times worse than a mosquito bite. Judged by duration, a broken ankle lasted much longer than cold feet. And yet, I did not endure prolonged suffering with my most painful events. So what governs the amount of suffering we experience if it's not the amount of pain and if it's not the duration? For some hints into the difference between pain and suffering, we can look into the cognitive behavioral and mindfulness underpinnings of acceptance and commitment therapy, a treatment developed by Dr. Stephen Hayes, a psychology professor at the University of Nevada and developer of relational frame theory. Spoiler alert, the secret ingredient behind how much we suffer from painful experiences lies in the way we think about pain. Don't believe me? Let's take a look. So first of all, what is pain? Pain is very clean. It's simply an unpleasant physical sensation, could be mild like an itchy elbow, extreme like a broken bone, or somewhere in between. Pain can also be an unpleasant raw emotional experience. And I emphasize raw here because once a natural emotion has been over-processed by thinking about it or analyzing it too much, we're getting into suffering territory. A raw emotion is an automatic and simple feeling, one that a first grader could name, like anger, sadness, fear, joy. What's interesting about pain is that it's universal and unavoidable. Nobody can truly say they've led a completely painless existence. Even people with the rare genetic condition of congenital insensitivity to pain can feel unpleasant emotions. And all of this is because pain is very useful. 
Physical pain tells us to avoid harmful things. That's why you don't have to mull over the idea of pulling your hand back from a hot stove. Your body does it automatically. And all of this is because pain is useful. Physical pain tells us to avoid harmful things. That's why you don't have to mull over the idea before pulling your hand back from a hot stove. The pain makes your body recoil very quickly. It also tells us to slow down when we push ourselves too hard. When your feet hurt from hiking for hours, you know you should take a break before you put too much more stress on them and cause an injury. Emotional pain is similarly helpful. It may seem counterintuitive, but sadness is actually crucial to our well-being. It tells us what's important to us. If, for example, we didn't care about our family members, we wouldn't be sad if they became ill or died. Sadness also signals to those around us that we need comfort and support. And in the other direction, gives us the basic foundation for empathy. So in summary, pain is necessary and unavoidable. It's clean and simple, even if it's unpleasant. And it's a raw experience that is not overprocessed by thoughts. So what is suffering then? It is, turns out, much messier than pain. I like to think of it as something we wrap around pain, like layers of gift wrap. You can pile it on, it's pretty unnecessary after a certain point, and it makes the original piece of pain seem much bigger and more complicated than it is. Here's what suffering looks like in action. Why is this fibromyalgia happening to me? What did I do to deserve this? I always have the worst luck. This could not be worse timing for breaking my arm. I hate this cramping so much. When will it ever end? These migraines are never going to go away, and I just can't take it anymore. How come I ended up with arthritis, but my partner didn't? It's so not fair. If only my cousin hadn't given me the flu, I wouldn't feel so terrible. I'm a young and healthy person. I should not have back pain. What do you notice about these examples? Well, first, you may notice that they're all thoughts, things you might say to yourself. We all talk to ourselves constantly, maybe not out loud or even through an inner monologue, but our brains do use words to describe and understand the world, including our own experiences in it. Second, you may notice that none of these thoughts are very accepting of the pain. When I say accepting, I'm not describing giving up. Accepting means acknowledging that the pain is there and then simply allowing it to be. This is the crucial difference between pain and suffering. Pain simply is. Suffering cannot sit still. Instead, suffering wrestles with the pain, trying to deny it or bargain with it, judging it, condemning it, blaming it on someone, projecting it into the future, regretting it from the past. By doing all this, suffering holds a magnifying glass up to our pain, not only making it bigger, by making it the center of your experience. Notice that none of the song and dance suffering does around your pain actually diminishes the pain. Just because you keep telling yourself that you shouldn't be feeling this bad doesn't mean you'll feel better. In fact, these shoulds tend to make you feel worse because now you've added layers of frustration, confusion, and indignation, all unnecessary layers of gift wrap, to the original piece of pain. 
these complications apply to emotional pain and suffering too. Tell me if any of these sound familiar. My stupid anxiety makes me so miserable. What's wrong with me? What if I never get over this breakup? I can't handle loneliness forever. I'm weak for feeling like this. Other people have it even worse than me. I wasted all those years being a screw-up, and it's too late to turn the boat around now. These thoughts take painful but clean emotions and turn them into nagging stories that weigh us down. When you judge an emotion like fear with, what's wrong with me? What could simply be anxiety is now anxiety plus shame. Your judgment of your fear and anxiety creates an invisible sign that you always wear around your neck that says, I'm an anxious freak. When you judge sadness as a weakness, grief becomes grief plus guilt plus pressure to act happy even when that happiness is not an authentic emotion. And when you time travel, projecting your heartbreak into the future, you're forced to carry your current heartbreak plus your potential and hypothetical heartbreak into the future in the pit of your stomach at the same time. No wonder suffering feels so much heavier than pain. All right, well, at this point, it's clear that suffering sucks. It's heavier and messier than pain, and it's totally unnecessary. So how do we get rid of it? Step number one, take a deep breath and let go of the idea that we can get rid of any experience we have. This is understandably a very unpopular recommendation, at least initially. My clients rightfully wonder, isn't the whole point of therapy to get rid of bad feelings? Well, when was the last time you shooed away pain or won a tug of war with anxiety or banished sadness for good? Our thoughts and emotions are real. We will never wrestle or hide them away. And the more we try, the harder they come back, clamoring for attention. So instead of trying to struggle against suffering, let's first accept that you are suffering. Let go of the goal to get rid of suffering. Turn your attention to what's wrapped up inside, and that's the pain. And that's step number two, which is to fully experience the pain and sit with it non-judgmentally. And that means allowing yourself to fully experience the pain, whether it's physical or emotional, and simply being with it without any distractions. Let your mind explore the sensations and emotions with curiosity. If you find your mind judging the experience, like, this is unfair, this is miserable, I hate this, that's okay. Take a breath and gently get back to the clean experience of the original piece of pain. Feel what it feels like. See where it is. Watch it ebb and flow. Now, of course, if you are acutely injured or ill, get yourself medical attention. You can deal with the difference between pain and suffering later once you get past any crisis moments. The point of this exercise is not to pretend that pain feels good or is meaningless. Listen to what your body needs. It might need an ambulance if you have a broken bone, or it might need a change in position if you're feeling cramped, or simply a moment of non-judgmental stillness. 
And while you're sitting with your pain, it's time to recognize the stories your mind tells you about the pain. And that's tip number three. You might notice your mind telling you stories like, my life has just been one big disappointment since I dropped out of school. There's nothing I can do without getting laid off, so why even bother? I have to keep my anxiety under control or I'll fall apart. Nobody wants to be with someone who's depressed, so why even try dating? In each of these examples, you can insert almost any unpleasant experience, sensation, or emotion to replace the specific examples I gave. Notice how these stories make pain the center of your identity, as if it determines who you are or what your life means. Catch these stories as your brain tells them to you and then call them out for what they are. They're simply stories and you don't actually have to believe them or even spend time with them or follow their lead. Simply call them for what they are and let them be. And then step number four, get back to allowing the pain. So now that you're catching your brain telling you stories, you don't have to feel bad about them or get rid of them. Remember, there's no getting rid of painful experiences or thoughts. It's enough to have noticed them. And once you have noticed them, gently turn your attention back to the original pure pain and spend a little more time there. Breathe into the pain and say, it's okay that you're there. I accept you. Now, doing this will not get rid of your pain. Don't be disappointed if you try these steps and your bruised knee hurts even more or your heart feels even more broken about a loss. That's certainly possible. The point isn't to avoid pain. Remember, pain is unavoidable. The point is to notice and let go of suffering. In other words, it's time to gently peel back the layers of worry, regret, indignation, complaint, and unhelpful storytelling, and get back to the simple, clean pain inside. There, you will find truth and clarity. Thank you so much for listening. You can find me on Facebook and Twitter. I'm at JadeWooPhD and at QDTSavvyPsych. If you'd like psychology tips delivered straight to your inbox, subscribe to the Savvy Psychology newsletter. You can also make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing wherever you listen. Savvy Psychologist is audio engineered by Steve Rickyberg and edited by Karen Hertzberg. And as always, Savvy Psychologist is strictly for informational purposes and does not substitute for mental health care from a licensed professional. Thank you again for joining me, and I'll see you next week for a happier, healthier mind.